Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A couple things that we're looking at in this market as we wrap up not only the last trading week of uh, October, but a Friday trade to boot. Um, oats and wheat. That's something we don't talk a lot about, especially this oat market, but we know our listeners know we've been really hitting these oats on and off the last couple of weeks. They, along with the wheat, continue to be on fire. But what about the rest of the grain complex? Is corn going up? And what about soybeans as they continue to kind of be on that struggle bus? Bullish fundamentals in cattle. And question is, has the hogs hit the bottom? And I don't think the cattle have, but we're going to get all those details as Darren Fry joins us now. He is with Water Street Solutions. So let's talk. You brought up oats. So let's talk about this oat market and how crazy it has been. And that old saying, we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday, oats knows, they definitely know something's going on in this market. Yeah, it's funny. We we always say that. And, uh, you know, oats have, have doubled in value. If you look back to June, we we're trading around 350, 360. Now we're trading 730. So oats have doubled. And that is crazy. All-time new highs and new highs again today. And it just really is um, the predicament that the Northern Plains had on weather and also the Canadian prairies. And we just don't have enough oats to go around. So we just have to uh, destroy demand and destroy, you know, that through higher prices because we got a rash today. And we just haven't gotten the level that has done that. Charts are looking very strong and we could keep going, but, uh, yeah, oats is the leader here. I don't know if everything's going to follow, but it sure is finding higher ground every week. So, how do you, how long do you think that momentum is going to keep up? Or are they going to finally price themselves out of the market? Yeah, they, it will eventually, as as all things do. There's always that price that totally destroys the demand. But you know, it's not here, and it it could be in the eights or even the nines. You know, it's hard to say. But there's no reason to sell it. Um, it's, it's the trend is your friend, so to speak. And uh, right now it's broken out again for, for higher. And we see kind of the same thing in Minneapolis wheat. You know, I'm not suggesting Minneapolis wheat is going to be what oats are today, four months from now, like Minneapolis wheat goes up another four or five bucks. But, you know, we didn't think this would happen in oats five months ago. So, you know, we could have a situation here where wheat doesn't go one or $2 higher. It goes three or $4 higher led by, the spring wheat class because it had the brutal weather too and a short crop and and we know Canada and the Northern Plains really got beat up this year. And you, you look at that and obviously you can't look into the the glass heading into 2022, but you know it's in the back of folks' mind. If if we get some decent rain in, in the Kansas areas, even in Oklahoma with this winter wheat, maybe it's going to bode well for some positivity for for the wheat complex into next year's marketing session. Yeah, you know, if 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 the drought uh, reestablishes itself, you know, we got a really dynamic situation. But if we have good weather and the Kansas class produces, there's just some really good opportunities to, you know, sell ahead here. It's just a matter of when do we run out of momentum and when can we go ahead and get some of that price. But right now, all wheat classes are looking higher and looking uh, like they still have more room to go. And, you know, Susan, when you look around the world, um, you know, Egypt paid more, like $78 more per ton this week than they did a few weeks ago. And so, you know, the, the cash market is intact around the world, and we continue to see Russia up the export taxes that they're, they're putting on, and the ruble's strong. And that has just given the rest of the world uh, more demand as Russia's kind of been out of that export market in the same way they normally are, you know. 
So you look at the way that we're seeing this wheat market. Is it going to have an influence on the corn as it continues to ramp up? I would think so. You know, it's a it's a cousin. It's a feed grain, and it will bode well for corn. Obviously, you can't have a real dynamic corn market uh, going into new highs without wheat maybe going into new highs, and wheat's the leader, as they say. And so it doesn't mean corn has to keep going up. It just means it has to find its fundamentals, but it won't have wheat hanging on to it. So wheat's flying on its own. I think that bodes well for corn, and corn really looks good right now. You know, we got these ethanol production margins are, you know, huge. I mean, even out in the forward pricing of first quarter and the second quarter, you can lock in 40 to 60 cent margins with with local or with a current, you know, uh, spot margins being almost a dollar. So, you know, as long as the energy market continues higher, I don't know how those margins are going to shrink for the ethanol producer. And that's really what's driving this corn market is the domestic side of it, not so much the export right now. All right. You talked about the, the domestic side of it. Is there going to be some more excitement building for ethanol when we see companies like ADM say that, hey, we're going to start you know, making ethanol for aviation fuel in the Columbus, Nebraska facility, for example? Does the market get excited about that? Are you going to see the trade kind of grab onto that momentum? Well, you know, I think we saw a little bit of that this week. And, uh, you know, corn corn has popped up a couple times pretty hard and then kind of pulled back with some profit taking. But I, I think this whole uh, renewable energy side is a big deal, and we're going to continue to see that underpin it. Obviously, if crude is 50 bucks and not 80 bucks, maybe on its way to 100 bucks, we wouldn't be that excited. But um, I think the USDA is way low on their ethanol uh, numbers. They're at 5.2 and and I'm up in mind to five three seven five, but I I could see us grinding five four more uh, this year. We're just you know this week we had the second highest number ever, so um, we're just going to continue to grind at ninety seven ninety eight percent capacity, and uh, I think we got a lot of good demand. And you're seeing it in the basis market around the country as well. Anybody close to an ethanol market is having a hard time if they're a feeder getting feed cheap because the ethanol margins are so good. Definitely. We're going to have to expand on that as we talk livestock. When we come back, we're going to look at what's going on with these soybeans. Are they going to ramp up like what we've seen in the corn market? A lot of guys wondering, is pretty much bean harvest is really hitting its its end of season going on across the Midwest. We'll also take a look at some bullish fundamentals that are going on in the cattle and the hogs. And we just mentioned it. How high is this grain? And add to it, no hay out there. What is that going to mean for this cattle market? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. For over 85 years, Fontenelle Hybrids has brought consistency to Nebraska farmers. Fontenelle dealer Dusty Mim near Sutton talks about the consistency he's seen on his own farm. We run a lot of checks with competitive products to make sure that that we're offering our customers the best product that we possibly can. And time and time again, Fontenelle has has come to the plate and hit base hit after base hit. For more, just contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or look us up on the web, Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labor. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Darren Fry. Darren is with Water Street Solutions. So we kind of left off talking a little bit about what was going on with this corn market ramping up. And really, what's going on with these beans right now, Darren? Are we going to start to see a ramp up, or are they going to kind of hold to the backside a little bit? Well, that's a great question. You know, they they are definitely the laggard now in the whole complex. You know, you got oats, you got wheat, you got corn moving higher. 
Uh, obviously, bean oil has been doing okay and still has a lot of ups in it, I think. But, you know, it's been the meal. It's been the soybeans. It's been the lack of Chinese demand. Uh, we're way behind on exports and, and, you know, not only inspecting and shipping because of what happened with Hurricane Ida, but, but also just in forward sales. So if you take a look at what's going on, I think people are expecting a big crop out of Brazil. They've gotten off to a record start as far as their planting progress. And then you got the lack of Chinese demand in a, in a big enough way. And so there is concern that our carryouts are going to grow, not just to three, but probably to four or 450. And I think that's got the market really concerned. And then you got the fertilizer prices that we didn't talk about earlier, but hey, that's driving corn prices higher because fertilizer is going higher with China banning exports of urea and phosphate and just the shortage of natural gas and the shutdown of some of these fertilizer plants. So all that means possibly more bean acres coming for 2022. And so, you know, beans have just been lagging behind or even getting beat up in comparison to corn, wheat, and oats. So let's look at China and trade. Usually this time of year, we're hearing lots of purchases coming from China since we've got corn and beans coming off the combine, but it's been pretty quiet for the most part. Yeah, it really has. Uh, they And they've been buying quite a few boats still, covering their needs out of Brazil, out of South America. And and I do think that, you know, we're going to have more of that crush side this year because Argentina has has exported a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, as we move toward January, we're going to get the lion's share of some of the exportable meal and oil, the products that come from crushing. We know our crush margins are about $2 a bushel in, in the spot market. And you know, so I think crushing is going to try to take up some of that slack from the lack of exports. But unless China shows up here, uh, I think beans are going to struggle. I don't know if they're going to go down with corn and wheat going up, but they certainly are not the leader anymore. They are the follower. So having said that, um, do we have any concerns when it comes to marketing into this new year with China? I think there is always concern. Yeah, I think there's always concern because politically, you know, we have some issues with China. And like I said, the fundamentals are pretty negative. People are really bearish beans. I'm probably not as bearish as a lot of people, but I have concern too because fundamentals just don't look rosy. Um, I think the inflation story uh, is lacking a little bit too when we see GDP numbers like yesterday really below expectations, and a guy's got to wonder, is that stagflation or inflation? I mean, what are we doing here? And so there is some concern, and, and beans are going to be an inflationary, you know, hedge like, hey, if it's really inflationary, beans are going to go up. And so I do think there's some concerns. I do think we're going to rally. I think it's going to give the grower opportunities to sell that rally on a post-harvest basis. I just don't think beans are going to be the leader unless we get into a weather problem with Argentina, southern Brazil, it really starts cutting into yield. Or we, or we see China really come in here in a big way, uh, very different from what they've done so far. They've really slow played this up until now. You know, Jen, we've got the, the bullish fundamentals that you've been talking about in both cattle and hogs. What's your spin on what's happening for our livestock producers? Well, I just, you know, we're contracting the herds. I mean, if you, you and I were talking about this four months ago, how many, you know, cow-calf pairs were being liquidated. There's a lack of feed out west. I mean, everything burn up and there's, Hay prices are really high, and there just wasn't the small grains. There wasn't the, the same type of corn harvest out west that there was out east. I'm, I'm not talking Iowa here. I'm talking further west. You know, I'm talking cattle country. And, 
and you you have to be concerned when you have that much liquidation and we're going to have a hole starting in probably March or April and and then you got the hog side too contracting um, that's been going on for a year now and you see that in the quarterly hog and pig report so you know I'm just really friendly livestock I, I think um, you know China's taking more beef all the time I think China will take some pork but even absent of that if they take no pork there's some really bullish fundamentals setting up in, in hogs and cattle moving into early 22. And so once we get done with these corrective price patterns, I'm really looking up in both those markets. And, you know, hogs had a pretty good day yesterday and follow through today. Maybe they have turned, but cattle look like they still have some more room to the downside. Lots of things that we continue to look at and, and we'll continue. Quick note, you're going to be joining us for the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, which folks can see this weekend. But until then, Darren, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, they can always look me up on Twitter. I'm at Fry underscore WSS. Or they can give us a call here at our office at 309-680-1200. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. We've been broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. And the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers in the World Radio Network.